0: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you one bad mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, it's time to be mindful of mindfulness again. But this time, it will be different. We talk to Sarah Harmon of the School of Mom. Plus, Biz arises from the ashes. Woo!
1: Biz! biz.
0: I'm biz. running away
1: from home! <laughs> I'm going out for milk and never coming back for the weekend. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah, just so, so it thinks that, you know, any additional phone calls need to be made after this. Uh Um, I just dropped off my daughter at daycare, and I dropped off my doggo at boarding, and I'm going to a cabin in the woods for 24 hours by myself, and Lestie is going to show up tomorrow, and then we are going to pick up our daughter from Grammy and Grampy's house on Sunday. (laughs) Um, yeah, yay, I can't wait. And just so no one thinks that like I'm absolutely winning at this whole parenting thing, uh. I'm not. Um, I am in month seven of Super Brain of mm. Growing a Human, and uh, last night we were gonna make, I was gonna do rice in the instant pot, mm. and I had the pot next to the heating unit, uh-huh. and I absolutely dumped a full cup of rice. Uh into the heating unit without the pot ah. to the point where anytime you picked up the instant pot it just sounded like a rain stick it was just so very soothing um but now there's rice all over my kitchen and I can't use my instant pot and Leslie had to google how to get rice out of the instant pot <laughs> which is actually a very high search result so I feel a little better about that um but yeah I'm not worried about it I'm leaving a rice filled instant pot behind and I'm running away and I don't know what I'm going to, I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to do nothing. It's going to be great. I don't have to feed anyone else except myself and I'm going to sleep. And really that's all I care about. She was like, what are you going to do? I'm like, nothing, nothing. So I wish all of you get an opportunity to do as much nothing as you want This is the first time we've been able to leave our daughter with the grandparents since all of this nonsense started. So, hooray. Again, I wish you all as much nothing as you want. You are all doing a great job. Bye.
0: (laughs) Bye. Okay. You're doing a great job. (laughs) I just want to make sure that we all have the parenting checklist talking about something that we're doing for self-care. Okay, ready? Mention we are doing something for self-care. Okay. Check. Then immediately try to prove we deserve it by sharing sharing a fail. Okay. Check. Then get excited again about some self-care, but intermix that with Making sure that we are all it's like the old it's like there's like a witchcraft thing where like if you make a spell to wish evil upon somebody, then evil's gonna come back on you. right? So like if we talk about something good <laughs> that we're gonna do for ourselves, if we don't say that along with wishing the same for every other person, as well as admitting that we're screwing up, then, then somehow it's all gonna be messed up. It's not gonna it's not gonna work. So, good job doing all those things. And you know what? Can we just also just stop doing that? I mean, it's fair. We do it. It's just like automatic. We can't keep ourselves from doing it. But just like we don't have to say I'm finding parenting really hard and then follow that immediately with but I love my children. Of course you fucking love your children. <laughs> everybody knows that. Of course, you're failing at parenting. We all know that. That is why the celebration of you running away is so wonderful. And the fantasy I have of going to a cabin in the woods by myself for 24 hours. You are deep into biz fantasy land right now. You're deep in there. And... I also like that you started this with, I'm dropping my kid off at daycare, and then I'm dropping the dog off at daycare, and then I'm heading to the woods, and then my husband's meeting me 24 hours later, and there had just been this little section left out of what happens to your kid at daycare. I'm like, your daycare is going to keep your kid for like 48 hours? Oh, yeah. You're doing a wonderful job, and I hope your time in the woods was incredibly fulfilling I hope you did the nothing of nothingness. I hope you weren't killed because that's what happens, right, when women (laughs) go to the woods deserving something nice. Anyway, that's where my brain is. You're doing a great job. Speaking to people who are doing a great job, it's time for thank yous. And this time, I just want to start by saying thank you to you guys for just getting up and doing it (laughs) every day. You probably work in one of the areas that we are constantly thanking people for here on the show. And even if you don't, you're still a person in the world trying to get through the day. And we all know that that's a lot right there, just getting your kids up and out and then getting yourself up and out. Being nice to each other while we're out there. That's a lot of effort. So, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Teachers, thank you. From the bottom of my heart. All the people who work with kids, thank you. I really see you. I have to assume that not everybody who works with kids lives somewhere where masks are mandatory. And I know that there is a lot of, you know, I, I'm on both sides of the fence when it comes to like small children and masks and like kids who are differently wired. With, like, like eh, It's very minute. There's a lot of gray. And I I'm, don't have the answers to how to navigate all that gray. But I do know there are a lot of you out there who are teachers or really any of the other people who work in service of others who are surrounded by people who aren't wearing masks, which is a risk, especially if you are caring for kids five and under, or if you are caring for kids who have autoimmune issues, or if you are caring for elderly parents. That really sucks. And I really see you. And thank you. Thank you very much. So I'm just going to let that sit today for the thank yous. Speaking of running away to the woods, I ran away to the woods in my mind. Okay, I don't know if you guys remember, but last week I was complaining a little bit about how achy I was, my muscles. I'm sure it was from my workout, from just walking with rocks. That's what it was. Like not... An hour after we got through recording the show, my fever shot straight up and I went straight down. And yes, I obviously thought it was COVID, though I knew it wasn't COVID because everybody didn't have COVID in the house. It turns out it was just the like very retro, I'm going to steal my sister's line, gee, I can't believe it's not COVID virus of the flu. Did I get a flu shot this year? I did not. Thank you, Jesus. Stefan did. I went down so hard with this flu, guys. Fever for several days. I was essentially like, (laughs) I don't remember last week very much. So that was Friday of last week. It is Friday of the next week right now. And today, I am feeling myself. Today. Even yesterday, sixty-five percent weak, little, uh, like oh, uh, my brain is all crazy. I can't think straight. Like, uh, it's so t- like I was just falling asleep in the middle of the day for like five hours. Not like for a nap, but like good night. And so here's the fun progression of how I flew. First, I, I get deep into the flu, and I really don't have much choice of anything. I'm just sleeping. And then as the fever breaks and I'm coming out of it, that's when. It's the perfect time for my mind to begin to question my purpose. (laughs) I considered taking some college classes at the local community college. I should probably definitely do that. Making quote unquote art, (laughs) whatever midlife bullshit statement that means, and listening to Sunvolts drown on repeat over and over blaring in the house. So basically, it was either the flu virus or it was the question my purpose virus. Either way, I'm feeling good today, (laughs) which means all that thoughtfulness about my purpose and what I should be doing with my life and how I should be like really reclaiming myself or finding a new self is just going to go right out the fucking window for today. Which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about. Mindfulness. Again, guys. With our guest, Sarah Harmon of The School of Mom Mothering Oneself. This week, we are talking to Sarah Harmon, who is a licensed mental health therapist, mindfulness and yoga teacher, wellness expert, and founder of The School of Mom, Mothering Oneself Mindfully. She is passionate about supporting people on their unique wellness journey with a holistic approach to mind and body wellness. You can find out more about her and The School of Mom at www.theschoolofmom.com. Welcome, Sarah. (laughs) <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. Before we get into how mindful you are looking at the moment, I would like to ask you, who lives in your house?
3: So in my house, I have
0: my five-year-old daughter, Libby, my
3: three-year-old daughter, Sage, my husband, Seth, and we also have a beta fish named Fluffy. Oh, Beta fish
0: are like, <laughs> They're like hardcore. They're like mean little fish. That was a pandemic purchase. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the mildest pandemic pet we have heard. The truth is it's actually Fluffy 2.0. Fluffy oh, yeah.
3: 1, we might have overfed within the first few months. And yeah. so the kids don't know it, but it is Fluffy round 2.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. You did the like, I love Lucy, happy days, switch out. Oh, We did. Yeah. Okay. But sign me up for mom school. The- fluffy one fluffy one sank. I think dead fish normally float and ours actually
1: sank. So we knew <laughs>
0: something was wrong. Something not okay with fluffy. I believe you are also coming off of school break, school vacation of some kind. Yes. I'll just start with the question of how are you? i am
3: hanging in there we have been on school vacation week all week i'm grateful that we did have some help with my mother-in-law who is wonderful she was quite helpful for a couple days but we are um, actually in new hampshire doing enjoying some snow right now so the kids did get out and do some you know some sledding and uh but ready to go back to school for sure Oh, yeah. At, we're at that point of the week that it's time to go back.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I don't do well on breaks. So yeah. That was something I discovered very early. And I wish in a book somewhere it had said, once kids are in school, there will be times they won't be in school. And you will have feelings about that. Mm-hmm. And that, that would have been really great to know. Well, especially coming out of the pandemic, because oh, this is, is garbage. all too familiar.
3: I'm like, I mean, school vacation week is like, you know, it feels like any other day. <laughs> we've yeah, had the I
1: know. Kids, it's not we've
0: like had it's the like it's home so many times. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and now with the added layer of, oh, my God, what are we coming back to? We've yes. all been gone for a week.
3: Yeah. There's a holding your breath, right? Yeah. Of like, I mean, we were sent home with, with tests, but yeah. it's just, you know, we're like, is this real? Are we really at the end? Like, what, end. what are we coming back to? So, yeah.
4: yeah,
0: no. no, it's not, not fun. It's not fun. It's not fun right now, Sarah, and since my children were infants at different times they were infants in my house, but since they were infants, and as a result of doing the show for, God, 10 years now, mindfulness is something we have spoken, we have touched on multiple times. And I now, this far in, wonder if the trick to being more mindful is to having much older kids. Is that is that how I achieve self care and mindfulness? Uh, sending my kids to college is that like when I can start this process? Because I I have I just fail at this. Yeah. Constantly.
1: Yeah.
0: So is that true? <laughs> I love, I love this question. And,
3: you know, here's the deal. So I, my kids are younger. Yeah. right. I don't but know how you're doing this. How no. are you doing and, this? And yeah. <laughs> These are not my most mindful days. <laughs> that is true. But it is true, actually, because here's the deal. So mindfulness is most accessible in your daily life when you spend time practicing it in a more formal, dedicated setting. And as a parent <laughs> with young children, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 okay. Right. So, I mean, this is kind of like the analogy of practicing an instrument, right? So yeah. if you don't practice, when you get into the concert, you're yeah. not going to really be able to perform very well. And so there's so many factors that go into, you know, to being able to access mindfulness. One of them is truly a dedicated meditation practice. And so I am the first one to talk to my moms, especially my moms of young kids to say like, this is hard. Like we barely have time to finish the things we need to do or the things we think we need to do, let alone the, the things that we want to do. Sometimes. Right?
0: Like legitimately exactly. using yeah. the bathroom with a baby yes. on your lap, because that is a thing that will happen to yes. you possibly yeah and I think when it comes to making a choice mm. for moms
3: if they have an open 15 minutes this is one of the most challenging moments you spend five minutes <laughs> almost like a dog spinning yeah. around with your chasing your tail going well yeah. what do I do what do I do yeah. do I do this do I do this and before you know it you're halfway through your 15
0: minute chunk and so and then you spend five minutes complaining about how you've ruined it now I've ruined yes. it now I've ruined
3: right. it I missed yeah. it you Then you spend five minutes just, like, tidying on the way to get to the activity. And then by that point, you're like, well, I might as well just finish this, like, this yeah. load of laundry and call it. Like, I'm right. not going to do my 15-minute meditation or my 15-minute workout or my 15-minute stretch or whatever it is, right? Right. And so you're absolutely right. I mean, it is so challenging. And I think the tricky part about it is, is that meditation is not – that appealing. I mean sitting with your mind in stillness uh, is hard. It's hard. It's very hard. It's not the most pleasant experience. It's not it's not going to win out over the pleasure experience even though the impact and the results from my dedicated meditation practice are so fruitful, it's hard to actually get over that hump of, oh, well, this isn't that enjoyable. And so I, I say, you know, and I've actually recently read a book, I think it was called The Mama Sutra by, I and mean, I have to look up who it was by. And she is a mom, but she was a senior meditate, she is a senior meditation teacher, and when she decided to have children, some of her mentors actually said to her having kids, if you want to kind of continue on the senior meditation teacher track, having kids is not a good decision, essentially. Oh, good. So it's all professions that people tell you that. It was very affirming <laughs> for me to actually hear that because yeah. I, you know, it's something that I also have felt of, you know, I I would be so much more mindful yeah. if I didn't have, or I would be, I would have such a, a more dedicated practice if I didn't have kids. But here's actually the, it's actually that's kind of a myth in a way. If you say that being this, you know, true meditation practitioner and this ultimate mindfulness teacher equals sitting on a meditation cushion x amount of, you know, days or doing so many meditation retreats a year, then sure. But I actually think my kids in the long run have set me up for some of the deepest work Personal work, inner work, <laughs> mindfulness work that
0: I, I am laughing ever, because that ever is probably the yes. truest statement right there. Yes, yeah. It is. And they and, really and, rip it open, don't they? They uh, really just write down uh, your psyche right in the middle of it, just like constantly. <laughs> <laughs> there, <Yeah>. those little <laughs> yeah, I can swear, those yeah. little shits are the biggest mirror. <laughs> I like,
3: know. love them, uh, but they're the biggest mirror. Yeah that we could ever ask for, right? I mean, even today, my my 5-year-olds, you know, we're out there, <laughs> we're out there in the snow. I'm so angry at you, mom. And I was like, why? And she goes, because the snow is too fluffy. Yeah. Oh, and how dare I you. wanted, I wanted <laughs> faster snow. And oh. it's, you know, she's blaming me for yeah. it. And so well, I'm, fault. of course, triggered, right? Yeah. And so I am taking all of my uh, my patience and my energy to, to stay in my own body to not try to go off my own handle of like, what are you, It's I can't control the snow. <laughs> you know, like, what, what are you talking about? But so they push us to the brink, right? And that extreme, these extreme situations really do challenge us to to come into to dig deep in a way, and to say, okay, you know, uh, less than ideal conditions for being present and being compassionate really teach you the skills to access. the acceptance and the presence, uh, it's its truly remarkable. They they push you to the brink and it, it challenges you.
0: And I, I actually want to sit with that for a second before we shift into approaches or mm-hmm. what it even means to meditate, because th- there's a lot with that too. But I, I think it's important to recognize that pushing to the brink is such a real place. And I think it can be such a surprise. to people who think I'm going to totally be able to handle kids in my house and I'm totally going to be, but like we all, I have openly talked about just the, the, how surprised I've been by the rage that I have felt or the complete exhaustion that, and like having to, it's, it's not just delving deep. I can delve deep and I can sit right in that rage. Hi, I'm deep in it. Okay. But it's the, the fact that you then put the energy into placing that rage somewhere else by like refocusing and because I'm not going to rage at my kid. I'm going to have to like figure out a way to get through that moment with my child and navigate it. And that can leave you super exhausted on top of that. And it's not like once you've gone through that little emotional burrito, your kids are still there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're still going to ask you questions and they're still Mm going to blame you for the snow. And they're still going to like, I don't know, uh, anything, like literally anything. Mm -hmm. And, and I think for me, obviously therapy, therapy and medication helped a lot, but I think it can be such a surprise again to people to find themselves in that place. And so, A, I just wanna I wanna put that out there to you. And I wanna then ask some of us, it's too late. <laughs> we would be coming to mindfulness like after kids are in our house. And then there are others who, oh God, if only I could have gone back while I was pregnant and set up these practices. So I want to, and on top of that, this is where I do these things where I talk too much and then the question gets lost. But there's also this notion of what is even meditation? Yeah. So I'd like to start with what is meditation? And then I'd like to have you go into some of that, that place where, and how this can help, help us with that place.
3: Well, first off, it's never too late. <clears throat> you know, I think that oh, it I just it's it. never <laughs> too late. Uh, it's almost like the like oh, you know, it's too late to start exercising, or right. it's too late to start drinking water, or it's never too late. Like our minds and our bodies, every single moment is an opportunity to make a shift, right? To recommit to a different input of you know what we're putting <laughs> in it, a, a different um, a, you know input and a, a different way of being. So it's never too late, and I, I also, with that, I just think it's so important to to say this first because one of my favorite questions in in mindfulness and in in the work that I do with women is to say, "Is it helpful?" Right? And so, to for someone who is listening, that's saying like, oh, "I should have done this when I was pregnant, or I should have done this in the early years, or I, you know, could have, should have, would have." Is that helpful,
0: right? Is it helpful to, oh, to go no. to that point? No,
3: right? <laughs> no. So the answer
0: is definitely no. no but yeah. I, again, Dance that dance right. every day with all kinds
3: of things, but yeah. Right. So so acknowledging, but like by the way, this is a voice in my head that's always like. Yeah. I actually have a quiz that is really fun to take. Uh, I think it's fun, and it, it, <laughs> it, it it's called Discover Your Dominant Internal Voice and how it shows up in your role as a mom. And so these are four of. I mean, I have more than just four, but these are my four top voices. Okay. Um, and I think it's actually great for me to tee this up because I can speak about them in the context of what meditation is. So by the way these are four voices that so basically all of the clients I have and friends and family that I that I know well, <laughs> they're the same voices in their head. So we okay. um, for me, I, I've named them and I encourage people listening to name them their own personal name because yours might have a different flair than mine does. But so rank. So my four <laughs> are um so Gina is my anxious okay. warrior. All right. She is the one that's like always asking questions, like are my kids going to die today? If I don't do this, <laughs> will my kids die today? When, right, like, right. am I going to keep my, you know, she's always going to worst case scenario. She is, her worrying is her job. She thinks it's, it's going to keep everybody safe. So the next one is Beth. She is my self critic. She's always doubting everything. So she's the one that like, you know, even on this podcast, will be yeah. like, you idiot! Why'd you say that? Like you know, oh, yeah. or why didn't you wear the red shirt or whatever it is? Like she's just always chiming in, and she's super unhelpful, right? Oh yeah, she's not helpful. So she's so Beth is the one that's like, why didn't you start this last year, or why didn't you get get into a meditation program when you had the time? Like you know, she's the she is the inner critic. And just always like chiming in and making herself known. Then the next one is Nancy. And Nancy is the <laughs> negative Nancy. She's the one that's like, what's the point, Sarah? Like, why would you start today? Like, yes. if you haven't started today, forget it. Like, yeah. I don't even think it's worth it for you because guess what? You're probably not going to do it anyway. Like, she just is takes me eating down. <laughs> so she's fun and then there's Polly who is my type a planner and Polly is the one when i'm sitting in meditation yeah. that is planning my vacation my next meditation my everything she is running through tick 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 like all the items that she should be doing instead of sitting so those are the so those are the voices so now what is meditation so meditation actually it's helpful to maybe explain the difference between meditation and mindfulness so oh,
0: please Please, because every parenting magazine will just lump that shit together yes. or soundbite yeah. or maybe they explain it, but it's all my brain takes away. So, yeah. yes, please. And there's such a, it's such a buzzword, right? It Everyone's is. Everyone's
3: like, oh, you know, be mindful about this. And and I think so we need to, to be t- really clear about what it is and what it isn't. So mindfulness, my definition is present moment awareness with curiosity Non judging discernment, so I'll speak a little bit about that, acceptance and kindness, kindness and compassion. So, present moment awareness of your outer world is how I explain mindfulness. So, for example, you know, people can't see me, but say I'm picking up my glass of water. So, I'm going to be super present with this glass of water with curiosity. Okay, it's got ridges on it, um, it's a little slippery, it's um, three quarters full. Uh, right. So I can, and with you, you know, I could quickly go into judgment, like, oh, this cup's warped. Like, did it go into a, like, who put this in the dishwasher? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. And so goes the loop. Right? right. So, so it's really trying to watch for those voices, i.e. Beth, Nancy, Polly, and Gina, um, and any others that come to the table and, and just stay present and curious. Um, now, when we take this present moment awareness with non-judgment and acceptance and kindness, and we turn it internally, right? We turn the lens inside of ourselves. That is what I, what I talk about as meditation. This is the more formal, dedicated practice of, of going inward and observing your inner landscape. So what do I mean by that? It's your thoughts, your emotions, and your physical sensations, which are all connected, observing those with curiosity, non-judgment, acceptance, and kindness. And all of that is happening in the present moment. So it's kind of, it's, this is the exhausting piece of it. It's moment to moment recommitting to, oh, nope, there I went again. Like Beth is talking now, Beth is blaming my husband already for putting the dishwasher, the dish in the dishwasher. (laughs) Come back to the glass. You know, what is it? Let's taste the water. What temperature is the water? And so- that is the, the dance of outer versus inner observation, curious observation, where I say kind of meditation is the, the bringing mindfulness in our inner world, essentially.
0: Okay, because when I turn it inwards, right, mm-hmm. and and I'm observing, the water tends to be my mind, right? Like it tends to be the, you know, negative Nancy or the yeah. whoever – you, you want to expect that your mind's going to be super busy.
3: Okay. And I say this, like one of the myths around meditation, I think what actually drives people away from it because they think they're not doing it right is like, oh, well, my, my mind is too busy. I couldn't clear my thoughts. And so I quickly, in my like intro to, to mindfulness modules in all of my courses, I speak about the myths. So one of the first myths is my mind is too busy or full or or full to meditate and I say, no, actually, the only like if your mind wasn't too full, you would either be dead or you'd be sedated. Right. Like we don't <laughs> your mind like we don't want your mind to be empty because mindfulness and you said you, you said the word brain. So I really start with mindfulness starts in the brain. We need to understand the way that our brain works and We have thirty to fifty thousand thoughts. It's just the way it is. So when you sit down, one of I think the most freeing things is to say, "Hello, thoughts! Like, (laughs) like, let's go! Right here we go!" And for me, it's actually when I named these these parts of myself, I can really welcome them. And this is this acceptance. It's saying. So for you, you know, you might say, okay, like I've got this, like I, when it may be one of the dominant lines in, in your head and kind of depending on the day or how much sleep you've had or whatever stage of life you're in, you know, it sounds like there might be one that is a little Polly-esque. She wants to do something, oh, right? That, that
0: would be the dominant part. of my
3: The thing. dominant or a Nancy <laughs> piece, right? Or the Nancy, which is just kind of like heavy and negative. And you mentioned, like, is that therapy? And I think it's important to say, like, sometimes, like, this is really, I, uh, you know, I'm a therapist, so I'm biased. Well, yeah. Yeah, I would always say, like, you know, speak to a therapist, especially if you have some really dark thoughts. Yeah. Going, like, Anne Lamont has this wonderful wonderful quote, which is, my mind is like a bad neighborhood. I, I try to never go there alone.
0: <laughs> and right.
3: I love that quote. And I think it actually points out that for some people, meditation is contraindicated meaning or to their fancy word as a therapist to say, actually, we wouldn't recommend it because your thoughts can be very scary and it can be very hard to separate yourself from your thoughts. They are very real. And if they're very scary and dark, it's going to be very triggering for you. Right. So um, to be a, a mindful witness to your thoughts is to observe them and say, that's Nancy, that's Beth. But when we're in a mental struggle, if we're struggling with some mental illness, we're unable to have space. So your Nancy is your life. You think, or, yeah. or Gina, if you're struggling with anxiety, Gina is like a fire hose. She is spitting worst case <laughs> scenario at you so fast. Yeah. You actually, that's all you know. And it feels like that's that is your reality. So that's when therapy is is and medication is truly is truly helpful and needed, is because you can get to a point where you can observe these parts of your mind as truly that, as a part of yourself. And it's not dominating, like fully dominating.
0: I am so glad that you said that. Mm -hmm. And everybody, listen to that. That was a really key one. All right. Now, this is you and I are just on a sleigh ride of derailing in a million directions, which is wonderful. (laughs) So we're coming back Hmm. to the meditation, to the mindfulness. And we just ticked off the judgment, right? Like uh, accepting... That were people and were messy and were not perfect, and that's absolutely great. Now I'm gonna backpack on that. I'm gonna piggyback on it. We've been in a pandemic, which is not helpful for parents who are already (laughs) understatement of the century. Uh, Right, all the things that we've already talked about. (laughs) Right, like (laughs) the whole crux of why the show even exists. Not helpful. (laughs) Like not helpful. Yeah, if I'm gonna ask. Is that helpful? I'm going to yeah. say the pandemic was not. Mm-hmm. And so with that scene set on top of the pressures and, you know, the dark places and the accepting ourselves, what is helpful? And please do not skip primal screaming. Okay, because that may have been one of my favorite things I read this year. Yeah. So, is the greatest thing that's ever happened. But so, what is helpful?
3: Yeah. So, it's funny because I say like the pandemic is like the most unhelpful thing ever, but here's (laughs) where like people can send me hate mail for, for saying this. I actually believe, because now I've witnessed it with so many people and myself, is that what the pandemic has done. is that in all of its unhelpfulness and just pure overwhelm and pain, it has pushed us to the point where we cannot ignore what we were probably going to ignore in the absence of the pandemic. What do I mean by that, right? People's anxiety got to a point that they couldn't ignore. Couples. I can't tell you flooding to couples therapy. Me and my husband are in couples therapy because of the pandemic. And I will tell you that this pushing to the brink, actually, this being so unhelpful has made it helpful in that it has kind of forced people to look at the dark things and get help for these dark things in, in ways that they never would have and I think that is, you know, I, you can, again, you can send me hate mail and throw tomatoes at, at me um, virtually. <laughs> um, but it is the, I hate the word, but the silver lining or the meaning that I've
0: found about, out of this pandemic. How about it? Can be both. How it about can be it? Both. Can be both. You can the the pandemic can be on this hand. Yes. The shit show, emotional garbage fire. Yes. Like the loss, the anxiety, the <sighs> just. All of it.
3: The tears.
0: Gets the to madness. be over here. And then also, and or, there is also this outcome or possible result of adding a light, adding a focus to, to mental health, the unacceptableness of the pressure put on parents. I'm. Um, teachers on healthcare work. I mean, just, there were so many things that I think came out of this uh, that I am uh, glad we are now still angry about and still talking about.
3: And this is, this is the scream, right? So- (laughs) Women have been angry. Moms have been angry for a long time. Ever. again. And so this is, you know, it's so, so,
0: (laughs) so. So fucking angry.
3: (laughs) What is fascinating, right, is I actually think one of the most impactful parts of this for me was that right after the article came out in the Globe, I got a a wave of emails from women in their 60s. Mm. Outreach. uh, And. They said, I'm so glad you're doing this. This was – so we were screaming in pillows. One woman wrote me and said her husband passed away and she had three kids. And she said every day when her kids would go to school, she would go home and scream.
2: Yeah. And it
3: got her through her grief. And then I would get another email to say, I also spent my young years screaming – and they were doing it quietly. Yes. And for the first time, it was almost like our screams were giving voice to their screams and yes. all these generations of women. And so that was very emotional for me oh. because I have a mother who struggles with mental illness. It's one of the reasons why the school of mom exists. And I, it was one of the things I was reflecting on was I wonder, right? And this, this road is not so helpful when we're talking about unhelpful, helpful. <laughs> I found it's actually not so helpful for me to go down the what if, but in my, in this moment, I was wondering to myself, what if my mom had had a conversation about anger when she was my age, right? When, and what if she had someone say, come to this field and scream with me and, you know, let's connect this way. It, It does, you know, I can't help but wonder if the trajectory of her mental health in any capacity would have been different you know in any capacity and so i think that it's given voice i mean now we have we're screaming on television we're screaming around the world and so this extreme is this oh wow like if if we hadn't had this pandemic I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you and I wouldn't be talking, right? Like I wouldn't be talking. Well, I would have been screaming, but it would have (laughs) have been much more pleasant
0: to listen to on a podcast like that. And that that. wouldn't be
3: normalized. It wouldn't be like, this is now normalized anger. I mean, I was raised in a family where anger was a taboo emotion. Women, for women, anger is definitely a taboo emotion. You're crazy. You're being irrational you're, you know, you're not good enough or like you should be able to handle this. Are you on your
0: period? That must be why you're angry. Yes, exactly. You're, oh, you're definitely
3: (laughs) PMS, right? And so (laughs) I mean, here we go. And so we have been talking about anger in a whole new way. I have, I, it's been blown open my conversations around anger, my education around anger. I am. It's such a gift. I'm talking about anger. I'm seeing my kids get angry in a new way. I like now. I'm watching yeah. them scream. Not that I wasn't before, and but I'm I'm having a different response to it because I'm I'm celebrating sometimes. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not. They're right.
3: right? <laughs> you know, I am to a point. Um, but I am. I'm watching almost in awe their natural ability to to move through their rage. And they're again they're teaching me, they're teaching me this natural progression of rage when you fully have no filter. uh judgment and no yeah. filter, you know, of it. It's just and on the other side of it, in three seconds flat, they are happy and you know, moving on and they don't even remember that they were angry. Whereas we don't allow or have it, you know, traditionally we don't allow ourselves to go there.
0: We build it up. We, we
3: we simmer. And before you know it, we combust, we have breakdowns, physical and emotional and mental breakdowns. And so this has completely blown the top off, literally our anger and rage so that we are releasing it. And it is so freeing and so healing. And I think paving the way for, I, you know, if my girl's, can be just, you know, in a space when they're parents, if they decide to be parents, where they just go to a field and scream and let it out and come back and, you know, and enjoy their evening. I love it. Like, you know, let's yeah. go scream before we go out to dinner. Uh, oh, you know, let's it's like
0: the double pleasure hit. Like, yes. this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's such a great release. And I don't think we're even at the tip of the anger iceberg, as it were, peeling back those layers and the constraints placed on women to keep it in. I remember one of, my, it's not one of my favorite stories, but one of the angriest moments. I was working at this outdoor theater, and one of the nighttime performances was uh, this band of the uppity blues women. It was these three women, and they sang funny, bluesy songs poking fun of relationships and men. I mean, whatever, you know. And he wasn't like, men suck. It was just, you know, whatever. Funny thing. And the guy, he was like the program director who was kind of a pig because there were lots of things like that he would say that were like super shitty about women. Anyway, (laughs) he said, I don't understand. And this sold out show. And he says, I don't understand why these women think this is funny. And I said, I just looked at him and I was like, they're angry and you should be really thankful that they are moving through that anger. They're, they're like putting that out there in this humorous way as opposed to burning down this entire place, <laughs> just welcome to the stage, the ebony blues women, and they just light fires and then they leave, right? <laughs> like, but like, I was just like, you are so lucky that we have made music and we have made comedy and we have made art and we have made, you know, stories and we have made all these different things out of that anger while avoiding that anger because there are constantly days I open the newspaper and think, I can't believe we haven't burned it all down. And if the your point about the screaming and reflecting on the women who came before us and how helpful it could have been if they'd had a place for it is incredibly moving and incredibly touching. And, you know, with my own mom, I have those questions of like, why are you even saying that? If you want to go and do whatever, go fucking do it. I don't what is the problem, right? And you just, so it's, I would like to say thank you for doing, putting that helpful thing out in the world of primal screaming. And we'll make sure everybody who has not read these pieces learns all about the primal screaming, as well as uh, the mom school, And uh, all of your offerings when it comes to meditation and mindfulness and taking those first steps and better understanding it. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to us today and kind of hold my hand through some of this stuff. I will not be the most jaded mindfulness practitioner as much as I tend to be. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And if I can say one more thing about yeah. the anger. Uh, please. We can derail and <laughs> talk about anger
3: all day. <laughs> I would say for those listening, if anger is an emotion that you have not welcomed with open arms before, that you're like, you know, maybe just are this conversation or seeing a, a picture of a screaming or anyone screaming has just opened the door a little bit for you to say, well, maybe I can look at my anger a little bit or allow for my anger. This is what I'm going to say to you is that your anger as a woman, as a, as a human, but truly as a woman is ripe for information. It is, it is, it is 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 an onion to be peeled. peeled. It it is. (laughs) And, but in like, so I always say to my clients, I'm like, where do you, because, you know, we talk about boundaries a lot. Where do you need a boundary? Look at your anger. Yeah, Your anger is the in. It is the, like, moving for someone, I just read this, of, like, what you're resisting to what you are desiring. Like, that is where the gift of is anger is flipping the conversation there of, this is what I'm so pissed about because I don't have it or it's not happening, to this is what I need, I want, I deserve, and I'm going to ask for it. And that is the conversation that I want this scream. It's like the first stage is normalizing anger. And the bigger conversation is what do we do with it? What do we ask for? And where do we go from here? Because that is. I'm going to add to
0: that. Because it was, and we've already, I know I've shared this on the show, but like at a therapy session like a couple of months ago, we were just talking about that. It was just sitting in me and her. And she was like, well, what are you afraid? is going to happen? Are you afraid? Like, what is the fear of feeling the sadness? And I said, oh, I'm not afraid of sadness. I'm afraid my anger will come out and no one will love me and everybody will leave and everybody will think, you know, I like, I'm afraid if I ever let the anger, right? Like that, that's, that's what's always simmering. It's like, what is the, the Incredible Hulk? The secret is, I'm always angry. (laughs) So, but I think that is such, again, that is such a great thing that you said just to say, not just embrace it, but let that be the thing to explore. Let that be okay. Not mm-hmm. to be afraid of it. Okay, yeah. I love you. You're the mm. you're wonderful. Thank um, you for having me. Thank this you, has you been so, so much. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> we'll link everybody <laughs> up to where they can find out all about you. Awesome, awesome. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Wealthfront. A lot of investment apps make it easy to start trading, but just because it's easy doesn't mean you know what you're doing. What? (laughs) Just like parenting. This parenting is so easy. (laughs) All right, look. Wealthfront was designed by financial experts to help you turn your good ideas into great investments without the hassle of having to do everything yourself, right? Right? And it is trusted with over $28 billion in assets, helping nearly half a million people out there to build their wealth. And the best part is their product is really simple and yet super powerful. To start building your wealth and get your first $5,000 managed for free, for life, go to wealthfront.com badmother. That's W-E-A-L-T-H. F-R-O-N-T dot com slash badmother to start building your wealth. Go to wealthfront.com slash badmother to get started today.
2: Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485.
0: Genius fail time. Genius, Mimi. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. This is clearly all my doing. Ellis announced... The other day, and I might have hinted at this earlier, that they wanted to take swim classes, and I signed them up. Now, anybody who has followed the show knows that Ellis did not take to water like a duck. (laughs) It's more like a cat, more like a, and maybe I'll stick my foot in it, but if you want me to put my head under, it's never going to happen. In fact, we're going to go into crisis mode all the time. So for like two years I tried a variety of different like classes. Oh maybe we'll just become a member of a pool. We'll just be in the water all the time. That'll do it. No. Maybe we'll do some lessons. No one-on-one lessons. no. Group lessons. no. How about whoever the kindest, most thoughtful teacher it? Nah okay? So we just stopped. I just stopped and four years later, <laughs> Ellis uh, went over to a friend's place, their apartment, and they've got a pool. And Ellis was kind of talking about it. And I said, oh, do, uh, do you think you'd want to take swim lessons now? Yeah, I think so. So there we have it. By doing absolutely nothing, I am clearly responsible for this growth in Ellis. And I am sure this approach is going to obviously apply to Ellis's next struggle, which is a picky eating.
1: <laughs> Hi,
0: I'm calling with a genius.
1: Glow sticks. Glow sticks are genius. I love that. Bath time. Turn off the lights. Throw in some glow sticks. They got a bath party. Camping. Glow sticks. Zoo. Glow sticks, bedtime glow sticks. They're so inexpensive with Amazon. You buy a couple tubes of them. You can give them 10 glow sticks. You can give them one glow stick. Glow sticks are amazing. They're, they're inexpensive, and they can make so many things fun. And you don't have to worry about batteries. I love glow sticks. You guys are all doing an amazing time. A job, time, whatever <laughs> you want to be. You guys are great. Bye.
0: Glow sticks. In the bath. Genius. Glow sticks in the bed. Genius. Glow sticks with sex. Genius. Glow sticks. (laughs) Grocery shopping. Genius. Glow sticks. (laughs) Road trips. Genius. I fully agree. We have spoken of glow sticks before on the show, but it's been a very long time. And yes, yes to glow sticks. Make it. I really, this is definitely one of those ones where Gabe was like, what? And then suddenly Gabe was like, oh, so watch out. Dave's going to be buying those glow sticks for their bath time. <laughs> You're doing an amazing job. Failures.
1: Fail, 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 fail.
0: You suck. Fail me me. Okay, we don't have a cafeteria at the school. It's the kind of thing where if you don't want to make your kids lunch, you can order it from the local company who puts together healthy lunches, la, 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 and and your kids get them at school. And the kids like them. I don't get them often, but during the flu week, ordered a lunch for Raiden and a lunch for Ellis and then completely forgot about them. And basically, my children did not have those at school this week. Those were just uneaten lunches. Now, the good news is, is I know that... Uh, the company takes all of the lunches at the end of the day and donates them to uh, the homeless shelter because they're all prepackaged and it's all like easy to to eat. But that was a real waste of some fucking money and effort because we had to make lunches anyway. Great. Hi, I am calling in a fail, a big fail.
2: Um, so big Teresa, yeah. This has been a little while, but I finally am just getting around to calling this in. My birthday was in the middle of January, and I had been sick with COVID for like the first couple weeks of the year, and so finally I was feeling better, and um, my good friend also was having a birthday, and so we decided to go out and celebrate. So we went to this like schmancy lunch in a mall. And I was running late because I'm super behind at work because of being out for so long and because the schools are just like constantly closing and daycare was closed. (laughs) So I never get everything done. So I'm like running into this meeting and I think to myself I should stop trying to do, or not meeting, running into lunch and I think to myself I should stop trying to do so many things at the same time.
4: Mm.
2: But I didn't stop. Instead, I just (laughs) dropped a pin in my parking spot. So just dropped a pin in the map and just kept on going and ran in. Had my lovely lunch, came out, couldn't find the car. I went up and down. It's like this stupid big mall and it's surrounded by parking garages that look exactly the same. I went Mm -hmm. into like, I don't know, 13 parking garages surrounding this mall looking for my car. Up and down, up and down, up and down the rows. Clicking my little button, my stupid <laughs> button on the key to make my horn honk so I can hear it possibly. Couldn't find it. And I eventually, like, gave up. And I ordered an Uber. And I Ubered home. And because I had to get home because the babysitter yeah. was leaving. So yeah. I finally get home and everything was taken, I'm like, I'll deal with the car later. My dad took me back over to the mall um, when he was able to come over, and I found it immediately. But, like, seriously, I lost – I went to lunch with a friend, and I lost my car. (laughs) I just – it's such a big fail. And I know that, like, it's funny, and I will look back on this for, like, the rest of my life as, like, this hysterical story. But, my dad, I lost my car at a mall. That is all.
0: You might not look back on this and think it's funny. You might you might look back on this and find it one of your darkest moments. <laughs> this is one of those moments where like, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is your audience. Everybody here supports you. Everybody here really appreciates your fail. But there're going to be a lot of places where you're going to start to tell the story and you're going to realize it's not your audience. Your people are going to be like, "Are you okay?" Like, <laughs> Because, I, you know, there's like, I, it makes me immediately think of like leaving my keys in the passenger door and then going shopping. My sister was visiting and we go shopping like all over uh, Old Town Pasadena, come back to the parking garage, come up the stairs, and I'm trying to find my keys and I can't find my keys anywhere. And then there they are sitting in the door, right? And I was like, huh, my sister gave it one of those like. Oh, and like, which to me read, you've lost your mind. Uh, You need to get help right away. Nothing's okay for you. You're not okay. You're a broken shell of a human being. Some of that was maybe true. I don't know. But I don't look back on that and think it's hilarious. So with that said, you are doing a horrible job parking your car.
3: (laughs) You are the greatest mom
2: i've ever known i love
3: Looking for a movie. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or, or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good.
1: Ooh, I know. The one with the huge car chase, and then there's that scene where <laughs> the, the car, car jumps,
3: jumps over, over the submarine. submarine.
0: Wow. Who are you, eclectic movie experts? Well, I'm
3: Evie Wadiway. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together we host the movie podcast Maximum
1: Film.
4: New episodes every week on MaximumFun.org
1: and you actually just walked into our recording booth
4: oh weird sorry I thought this was a video store you seem like a lady with a lot of problems well Manolo we have a show to promote it's called After Game Show it's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world no, oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on maximumfun.org. It's a it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory, and uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that are we allowed to say that? I don't know. It sounds bad. It comes with a one hundred percent happiness guarantee. It does not. Come for the games and stay for the chaos.
0: All right, everybody. Let's settle in and listen to a mom have a breakdown.
4: Hi, this is a rant. um, But you have inspired me to try to turn this into a thank you rant. Uh, I hope it wasn't cool. So all these things that I wanted to rant about, I really feel seen when I listen to your show. And so I wanted to say thank you. So I'm a teacher at a high school where kids don't wear masks properly, and I have a four-year-old. And I feel alone in that. And when I listen to your show, I know I'm not alone. And I feel forgotten by the world with the under fives who can't get vaccines. And when I listen to your show, I don't feel like I'm totally forgotten by the world. And I'm thankful to my AP class, who's amazing. My one (laughs) class of kids who just unabashedly love learning, you know, all kids really love learning, but they're just actually vocal about it. (laughs) And they make me want to come to work every day, even when I don't want to come to work. And I'm thankful for our SRO, we finally got an SRO in our building, which is a police officer who's stationed to us, the high school, and walks around. And I can't wait. can't wait. I'm so excited because we need it because kids have had two years of not learning how to emotionally regulate, and they're making mm. really, really bad decisions. So... I'm thankful for all those things. And I'm also upset and lonely, but just wanted (laughs) to shout out to that. Thank you. I love your show. I love you guys.
0: God, you're doing such a good job. You are definitely not alone, and you're definitely seen. You're seen on, on many levels with this call. I mean, we were talking about this at the beginning of the show with our thank yous. I cannot emphasize enough how grateful I am for teachers. The fact that you are showing up every day, obviously for the kids who love learning, you know, but you're also showing up, obviously for the kids who are vocalizing how much they love learning, (laughs) but you are also showing up for the kids who aren't vocalizing it, but you know, do like learning too. That's the group you're probably having a much larger impact on. Uh, I, I don't know if teachers realize the impact that they can have even on one kid that they come in contact with during the day, but let me be very clear that you do. And it's not just high school, it's all grade levels. The emotional development that did not happen over the last two years, because kids were not around other kids in the same way that they have traditionally been, N- none of these kids are like, all right, like they're all <laughs> like, kindergartners are having issues, fifth graders are having issues, you know, middle schoolers, like I said last time, middle school, you went from fifth grade and the next time you saw your friends, it was seventh grade. Wow right? And the same goes true for high school. You were in middle school, and then suddenly you're in high school. And I just really want to point out how, again, this is why teachers fucking rock, is the way you worded it, this, this idea that a lot of these kids haven't had the same emotional developmental freedoms or structure that a non 2 covid year would have offered them. And as a result, maybe making some bad choices. <laughs> I mean like teens already make bad choices. But if you haven't been around your friends to watch them fuck up first, then you're we're all fucking up, okay? And I am sure this wasn't mentioned, but I am sure that you were also the sounding board or the echo chamber for parents who are also frustrated, who are also stressed out, who were also worried about their kids. Who are also juggling too many things. And that can make you a target for those frustrations. And I just want you to know that I see you. And I really want to say this to you and to really everyone listening you are actually not alone, you are not the only one who is struggling if you have kids under five, that feeling of being forgotten is 100% valid. Same goes for families with autoimmune compromised children or family members. It can feel like you are being very ignored, especially after two years of, just as being parents before the vaccination, being completely ignored when it came to how we, like, we're approaching solutions to COVID. Yeah, that is a very justified feeling. You're not the only one having it. You're completely entitled to have that feeling. And you are doing an absolutely remarkable job. Woo! Wow. Wow and wow! I really enjoyed today's show. And, you know, sometimes when we're recording the show, we're recording things in not the same order that they are all put back together and released as. So today, for example, I talked to our wonderful guest after having listened to our rant. And again, the question of is there also anger in there that you're feeling by feeling overlooked uh, due to masks? And I, I am of course appreciative that we started out with what meditation can be and what mindfulness can be, but I am so glad we ended on the anger piece. And if you have not heard about the primal screaming, make sure you check out the show notes to look into that. I think that It's really okay if we start talking more and more about anger. And just like in meditation, I will be thinking about it. And then I will, that voice will come in that says, no, 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 Let's Let's talk about something happy. (laughs) Let's do something nice. Go listen to something upbeat. And I think, I think I've got to just keep resetting that bar, keep coming back to the introspection about the anger. So I just, I really had a good time on the show today. (laughs) So everybody, remember, what you're feeling is probably somewhere in the range of normal, and you're not the only one. I think what she said was really valid about Those places where you might think, should I go and talk to somebody because maybe this isn't as normal? That's fine. There's no harm in talking to somebody and being told, yes, that is totally normal. You're fine. Or, wow, let's talk more about this. Let's maybe see if we can help. Mental health is important and normal. Normal normal um having kids and having depression or anger or anxiety that's normal okay just because you have kids in your house doesn't mean suddenly you're supposed to have none of those things else you're somehow horrible that's not true you're actually doing an amazing job you're not alone and i will talk to you next week bye (laughs)
1: got to slow down Mama Blues, I gotta slow down Mama Blues, got to slow down Mama Blues, slow down Mama Blues, Gotta slow down Mama Blues, gotta low down Mama Blues, know that right.